guys? Where's the caveman? Caveman! Dude, that's what we're talking about. Where is the caveman? Uh, I'm a, I'm a... Roar! Oh, slate. Uh, first word, caveman. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 caveman. <sighs> no, wait, wait, uh, uh, behind. Like behind you? The caveman is right behind you. <laughs> like we got it, dude. Scoob, you and I are very smart. Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. Evie is my guest this week, and she is back to discuss another episode of Scooby-Doo. This time, we are talking about Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? Season 2, Episode 9, A Caveman on the Half-Pipe is the name of the episode. Evie, welcome back. Thank you so much for agreeing to return to this show. <laughs> Hi, thanks for I having me. It. It's been a long time since the last time yeah. we did one of these. Long time. Um, this was a out-of-nowhere idea to record this episode. Uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna edit it quickly. I think it's coming. I'm gonna release it tomorrow. So wow, you'll get it out before yeah. the Olympics finish. Exactly, because this episode features special guest star Chloe Kim, um, and I was just going through because this is season two of Scooby Doo and Guess Who, and I had not I've not seen all of season two yet, and I was literally just doing my watch through of the show. And the next episode, I noticed uh, it said Chloe Kim. And I was like, that's a name that I know now. Who is that? Wait, wait, what's going on? And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a Winter Olympics happening right now. (laughs) And I know that she won the gold really only because my friend Evie told me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I I was like, if I'm going to get anybody on for a Winter Olympics special, I'm going to get Evie because I know that she's watching it. Um, And you are watching, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching. I mean, mostly just the um, whatever NBC puts on primetime. I don't want to get Peacock and watch the live streams. It's too much of a hassle to try and get a VPN to work to watch it in a different country. Yeah. I don't believe you. Which I have done before in 2018. I did that. Um, because I really, I don't know. I just really love the Winter Olympics. Love figure skating a lot. I'm glad, I'm glad you. Uh, that's really good. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, that's really cool. Like, how long have you been into the Winter Olympics? Uh, only since 2018. That's when I was like, I mean, it's really a Tumblr thing of people sure. talking about it on there, and then <laughs> I was like, well, it's gonna be on, so I might as well watch it. So I just watched a ton of it, and then. That was right after uh, Yuri on Ice, mm-hmm. uh, which I think for a lot of people, me included, was like, oh, 
wow, figure skating is really cool. So I was like, oh, well, I gotta watch all the figure skating. And so then, you watch so, figure yeah. skating. Do you do... Um, I mean, yeah, figure skating is cool because it's, it's like, with the Summer Olympics, my favorite stuff is the gymnastics because it's like they're putting on a show for me, you know? Um, yeah. Like when they have routines and stuff. So this is figure skating is just gymnastics on ice, basically. Um, it, like they, they hold the same place in the, in the games. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're also they are like the the team event that kind of kicks off the regular coverage. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm I'm rethinking the phrasing "putting on a show" for me. I think that that is, <laughs> is wrong because they are just... in, they're incredible athletes. I just I just like the the pageantry involved as well. <laughs> I was gonna not say anything, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I. I Think that, <laughs> I would like to rephrase that, but in general, yeah, I mean, gymnastics, figure skating, um, that kind of stuff is just like stuff that I don't even understand how your body does it. You know, like I understand yeah. how swimming works, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, like archery, or whatever, yeah. I, or but like I don't understand how you can make your body in that way. It's For crazy. me, I mean. Gymnastics, I guess, is one like one of the major exceptions is that like I to me the like Summer Olympics is about like things that I can do done mm-hmm. really, really well. Like I can ride a bike, I can swim, yeah. I can run, but just not anywhere close to that level. But I cannot figure skate and I cannot snowboard right, and exactly. I can't do a luge. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like a slightly you know, it's still um, incredible athletes doing amazing things but it's just yeah. like it, it's like a difference of like i can't even do this badly for a lot mm-hmm. of the winter olympic sports well you've got one over on me uh because i never learned how to swim or ride a bike and i can't run very <laughs> well so <laughs> you're at least more of an athlete than i am <laughs> um, uh, that's that's really not safe <laughs> i guess <laughs> Yeah, I mean the Winter Olympics um, are cool, which I'm just not realizing. Literally. I should I should have been watching them because they are cool. Like, <laughs> like skiing and snowboarding and all that stuff is way cooler than running. You know, like I, there's nothing wrong with with running. They're obviously incredible athletes, and and it's very impressive what they can do. But whatever, it's like the summertime, and I'm watching the running. It's just like okay. It's going to, I'm going to watch for 10 minutes while they explain who everybody is. And then it's going to be over in 10 seconds. And then we're going to move on to someone else who's going to run from the left to the right or whatever. (laughs) But uh, the skiing and stuff is really cool. Yeah. And dangerous. The danger. That's that's another thing is I feel like there's, (laughs) I feel like there's a higher base level of danger for winter Olympic sports. There's so much more stuff going downhill Mm -hmm. um, at extreme speeds. Like, I mean, obviously, there is always a, a danger to, like, putting your body through that kind of intense athletic stress. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, you're not going to... Br- <laughs> it feels like it's much easier to break your neck doing the skeleton than it is oh, yeah. <laughs> doing, like, a 500-meter dash. Skeleton's so cool. They just they were like, this one is so dangerous. <laughs> we're going to call it Skeleton. <laughs> And yes, then we're going to exactly. make people do it live on TV. 
in the hopes that they get a medal. <laughs> yeah. If they crash, then they're worthless to us because they didn't even get, you know, Netherlands a medal in the skeleton. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like this year in particular, um, the Winter Olympics just feel even because they they always unfortunately feel less than than the than the Summer Olympics, um, which is you know unfair because it's not like the Winter Olympians are any less of athletes than the Summer Olympians, um, but it is just unfortunately the stigma. But I feel like this year especially, it just feels like no one is watching or talking about the Olympics. Um, yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed that in terms of online discussions, it seems a lot less. I think part of it is that um, we had the 2020 Olympics last year. Yeah, it's uh, like six months ago. Delayed, yeah. So I feel like people are less... Um, I mean, besides the kind of like marching on of less people, of like a lesser monoculture... Mm-hmm. Like people are less like it's not like everyone is watching the Olympics on TV when you know there's a hundred other things or whatever, but like especially when it's right after a different Olympics has just happened. Yep, yep, it's very true. And you know, we have the whole thing of you know, we can't watch them because China invented the virus and sure infected <laughs> all of us, which, um, <laughs> yeah, it's important to remember when you're talking about the Winter Olympics. To keep keep that in the back of your mind that you know they're all being microchipped and and whatever it is that <laughs> people believe at this point I don't even, I can't even keep track. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean they've they've released the mark of the beast and the vaccines, and we'll mm-hmm. just have to accept that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a dangerous situation over there. Um, yeah, but I, I but like I said, if there was one person that I knew who was watching the Olympics. It's Evie, and I'm glad that you were there to support. Um, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're supporting Chloe Kim. Yeah. Yes. Gold medalist from the United States. Is yep. that right? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> you suddenly made me doubt. <laughs> I, I mean, she could have been from somewhere else. I don't know. I just wanted to make sure. But uh, the... Yeah, the special guest star of this episode, as they call her, the uh, gold medalist and snowboarding champion, Chloe yeah. Kim. Um, she seems cool. Yeah, she's won. I mean, she won gold in 2018, and then she won gold again, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever it was a week ago. She's uh, super young, right? Because she's... Yeah. All the snowboarders was, are young. She was like 17, I think, in 2018. As I know, she's like uh, less than less wow. she's only a few months younger than me. Yeah, she's one of us. She's a she's a Gen Zer. Yeah, <laughs> we love Gen Z icons. Chloe Kim. Yep, the best. And, yeah, and she'll I be mean, around for a long time because Sean White only just stopped, right? And he's yeah, this was like his last 50? one. <laughs> Thirty-five. <laughs> Ancient at thirty-five. Might as well be, yeah. <laughs> well good good everyone get to know chloe kim put that as as that a name that you will want to remember because she is gonna be around to stay and she's a pal of scooby-doo for sure um 
You know, that's right. Um, and this isn't the only uh, Winter Olympian that they had, because I also just watched an episode with the commentator. I think, is it Tara, Tara Lip, Lip something? Hang on. <laughs> Tara Lipinski? <laughs> Tara Lipinski, that's her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, she's I mean, a she is skater. also a gold medalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but now she's... <laughs> That was that's in the past, okay? Well, I want to talk about the present. Now she's a commentator. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't so I haven't seen any other episodes of Scooby Doo and Guess Who, so I didn't know that, but that's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, she won gold um, for the U.S. in figure skating. Um, now that. she does the you know does the commentary for all the figure skating coverage with NBC, um, along with Johnny Weir. Um, yeah. Great icons. We love them. We love yeah. Them. Thank you for your, uh, hard work for the, the country, Tara, <laughs> but, uh, or Tara, sorry, <laughs> but this episode is not about you. We're talking about Chloe Kim cause she's the cool one who's in the zeitgeist right now. Um, maybe at some other point we'll, we'll cover the one with Tara, uh, who I already forgot her name. <laughs> <laughs> Tara Lipinski. <laughs> Tara Lipinski. Thank you for everything you've done. You're a legend. But Chloe Kim. <laughs> he said so unconvinced. <laughs> <laughs> Chloe Kim was on uh, the season two. This came out in 2020. Uh, it is Chloe Kim, and the episode is Caveman on the Half Pipe with an exclamation point at the end. Um, Let's get into it, Evie. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I liked it. It was fun. It's, yeah. It's like, if you had asked me to, like, imagine what a Scooby-Doo episode um, <laughs> with Chloe Kim as a guest star would be, <laughs> I mean, it basically would have been this. Yeah, I might have imagined, like, uh, uh, like a werewolf on a snowboard. Sure. Or, yeah. Or <laughs> maybe a Frankenstein's monster who skis. That would be incredible. See, we're already punching it up. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I could think go, go back to the drawing board, just do one more pass on it. And like there is, know. is it a clap? I can't remember there. I know there is one with an abominable snowman. Mm-hmm. I think who skis. Yep, if I'm remembering that correctly, that, the snow ghost is what they call snow him, ghost. but he's just a yeti. He's not a yep. ghost at all. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be that they had they were all ghosts. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> just you know, it wasn't just a werewolf. It's the ghost of a werewolf and that sort of thing. But um, yes, there was the snow ghost who skis and that sort of thing, which is pretty cool. Good idea. This episode itself is a homage to a classic episode of Scooby-Doo. Um, there's an episode of Scooby-Doo Are You where a caveman who looks exactly like this caveman gets uh, thawed out of ice and wrecks havoc. But it doesn't happen. At, <laughs> that one happens at, at SeaWorld. It doesn't happen at, um, okay. at a ski resort. Um, but either way. It's it's yeah. the same thing. I you know? I mean, you, I feel like <laughs> this is only tangentially related. I feel like Scooby and Shaggy could, you know, basically do the plot of Encino Man mm-hmm. <laughs> with a caveman, and I don't think you would have to change much. I agree. <laughs> um, 
Encino Man, terrific movie, frankly. Yeah. Um, very uh, much recommend that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that film features uh, one of the best comedic performances everyone's ever anyone's ever given and that is Polly shore yeah incredible person (laughs) it's the movie that's like oh i see why people thought that Polly shore was Mm -hmm. funny and why he got so many chances that people then rejected (laughs) yep yep you can see the direct line that goes from encino man to pinocchio 2022 (laughs) a true story what of the <laughs> one of the, the three one different the Pinocchio Pinocchio. movies. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make sure you're you know what you're talking about. A true story. Can we can we think about that for a second? A true story. Who, who? True story. According to whom? According to Pinocchio. <laughs> I I just I think he might be a bit of an unreliable narrator in this circumstance. Sure. It's, <laughs> A true story? Now we're just lying to children, to be honest with yeah. you. Well, we're, I mean, Santa Claus is like... Wow, wow, I can't believe a, this a, a mass effort of gaslighting. <laughs> You're just going to tell children now that, that Santa Claus doesn't exist right here on this podcast? If if any children are listening to this, I think that their parents have made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is something I've thought about, is like, I do host a podcast about a children's cartoon um but you know my thought process is is if that kid is advanced and smart enough to find this podcast somehow that they are mature enough to listen to it (laughs) (laughs) i think that's like i feel like that's a good general rule of thumb but i don't want to fully endorse it (laughs) okay fair enough fair enough (laughs) this very this very mature adult podcast heavy metal um yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so yeah, Caveman on the Halfpipe. This episode starts with the gang are at a ski resort in their and they're on vacation as they want to do. They've done it plenty of times before, um, and they all say their catchphrases before they go down the slopes. You know, Velma says Jinkies. Daphne says Jeepers. We were all you're with me so far. Yep. Makes sense. This is what they say. Fred, his his catchphrase that they've decided in the past couple of years is now hold the phone. I noticed this. I never hold I'd, the phone. <laughs> I had never associated Fred with a specific catchphrase. He never had one. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I, is conceptually. Uh, I think Mystery Incorporated conceptually gave him the concept of traps as a sort mm-hmm. of catchphrase. Yep, yep. I mean, he he has like a thing. He just doesn't have a word. He doesn't have an exclamation right. point. You know, like I have the the set of Scooby Doo socks. Okay, and there's a pair of socks for each character, and one pair of socks has like one of the socks has the face of the character, and the other one has their catchphrase. So it's like you know Velma and then Jinkies, and then the, the uh, um, Fred socks say, "Let's split up, gang." Which he does say. Yeah, be a weird thing to say before you go skiing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, you quite... know, yeah, you have yeah. to take some safety into into precaution. There, it's better not to split up, probably. Um, in case one of you wipes out, 
Yes, hold the you phone. Don't wanna, you don't want a yellow jacket situation. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, Shaggy and Scooby get a little are you know apprehensive and they accidentally cause an avalanche on this mountain very dramatic and then um guess who saves them but olympic gold medalist and snowboard champion chloe kim swoops in to save the day and she seems cool yeah she's just she's just dropping like that's sick man or What's up, Sh- Shaggy? And I'm like, hey, you're cool. You know? Yeah. You don't need to give them too much to do. The guest stars, you know, you don't need to, to give them a whole bunch of lines because if they're not like media trained or comfortable in front of a microphone, then they may not do a very good job. So you just got to give them little bits here and there and it all works out. Um, which I think that they have a good balance here of making her seem cool and, you know, marketing her to kids or whatever but not you know having the whole episode be about her yeah Um, but uh yeah she she saves them but we find out that in the avalanche it has uncovered a caveman who's been frozen in ice and this is a classic idea you know in terms of media is what if you found a woolly mammoth or a caveman ensconced in ice is it a real thing? Um, I didn't look yes. it up. Um, <laughs> so I'm asking you now um, to tell me if I'm, it is. I'm I feel like I've heard of a mammoth at least. Yes, there was. I Here we go. I quickly found the Wikipedia page. The Yukagir mammoth um, was a frozen adult male woolly mammoth found in 2002 in the Arctic Siberia in Russia. That's um, sick as hell, honestly. Yeah, That's really cool. I, I remembered the story, uh, but basically like this guy was just like, you know, off in the wilderness and then his dog like ran off. If I remember correctly, his dog ran off and then he was trying to f- find his dog and his dog had just found this like a partially Whoa. frozen. He found. Yeah. It's like finding Captain America. Yeah. What if it was? What if it was Captain America on the half pipe? It's <laughs> Chloe Kim trying to say, trying to unmask Captain America. And he's, just, <laughs> he's just skateboarding around or snowboarding around, and they're like, "What the heck? We got to stop that guy." And he's just he's, it's just a it's just it's a dude. Just- <laughs> Which I guess technically, this is also just a dude. It's just like a big shirtless guy uh, yeah. who doesn't speak. Um, I mean, it would be like, you know, like if Arnold Schwarzenegger had gotten frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he was Good the point. Arnold of his time. If they melted out like a human man who could walk around, I would want to interview him. I would want to ask him questions. I wouldn't run away from him. Although uh, he, well, he is dangerous. I, I think you would so. struggle yeah. talking to him. Uh, sure. Language-wise. <laughs> You'd find a way. <laughs> sure. I also realize I think this is the conceit of uh the two thousand year old man, the Carl yep. Reiner, uh mm-hmm. <laughs> Mel Brooks. And Encino man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and the episode of Scooby Doo that came out fifty years ago. So which yeah. one did it first? 
I don't know. <laughs> I think the Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> it may honestly be the first time to do that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they do it on like Star Trek or something. I don't know. That, that makes sense probably. Or some old sci-fi book from like the 30s that people are like, it's actually very much ahead of its time. And then you read it and it's like really racist. <laughs> could, it could happen. <laughs> just just things uh, that, that could possibly be true who knows <laughs> like i said i didn't didn't do any research really at all um other than to write the jinkies or stinkies that are at the end of this episode but spoiler <laughs> alert they're not about cavemen um so <laughs> okay okay <laughs> uh, that's probably good uh so yeah that's that's what's going on in this episode chloe kim's there she's hanging out with the gang they found a caveman uh, we get some potential suspects, half of which doesn't even get names. Like the, there's the hotel owner hotel who's like, owner. I'm the hotel guy. Uh, I am a little tightly wound. can't believe there's a caveman now. Bye. <laughs> and it's like, okay, he exists. Did he <laughs> just for there to did, potentially be him as, as the guy, but he has no name. <laughs> did he have another scene after the one where he was like, oh boy, I don't what think is happening? So. I, don't think <laughs> so. I don't remember seeing him again. They just they just heard the complaint of like it's always the guy we only saw one time. So they're like, okay, I got you. We're gonna introduce <laughs> a, a bunch of guys you only see one time. So how about that? <laughs> that works. Um, we did get a yeah. So they put the 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 big guy, the the caveman, in his big old block of ice. They put him in the in the walk in freezer in the kitchen, which is great. A very else, sanitary, uh, up the food code, up the health code. <laughs> I do think it's funny to be like, it's clearly very cold outside because there's snow all over the mountain. Yes. And he's been in a block of ice for, I, get, I would assume, millions of years. <laughs> uh, like, assuming, where he's, assuming he's a real caveman. Um, <laughs> and, but, it's probably know. like 10,000. Okay, fine. <laughs> this scientist over here. Historian, Whatever. Please, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> fine. Histor- histor- historically speaking, it's been ten thousand years. Whatever. He's been outside in the ice for a long time. The avalanche did uncover him, but still, he hasn't melted at all. So let's bring him indoors. You know, the guys pushing him through the lobby might get might get you know tired or whatever have to have to put him down and take a break while they're while they're pushing him into the freezer that's the that's the way to go is take him through the the, the cozy chalet so we can <laughs> put him indoors instead of leaving him outside in the cold where he's been living forever yeah they just didn't think it through that's all i'm saying if i had been there i would have done it differently <laughs> <laughs> uh, i appreciate your logistical um thank you. analysis thank you <laughs> We get a really great, very cute sequence of them. Of it's bedtime, they all go to bed, and you get this very cute bit where we see all of them. Every single one of them talks in their sleep, which is fun. Um, Fred's, you know, he's talking about traps because that's what Fred loves. Yeah. Last time you were up, we talked about um, Mystery Incorporated, of course. Yeah. Um, iconic show, and obviously. Mm-hmm. They reinvented the character of Fred in that show, and aspects of that have carried over as it has progressed. So now he's, you know, still obsessed with traps, which is good. 
Um, we have a bit where Daphne is asleep and she's uh, like, you know, purple's, purple's not a color. It's a lifestyle, which is good. Yeah. I like her. I, um, I liked it. I like, yeah, the face mask. Yes. Eye mask? I, I know what you're doing. I know what you're <laughs> trying to say. I was like, the thing that you covered your eyes with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotta get yeah. your blue beauty sleep. Um, yeah. Thelma says, my glasses, my glasses. I can't dream without my glasses. <laughs> just funny. I really like that. Yep. Just throwing out jokes. Then my favorite bit was when they cut to uh, Chloe Kim. She's just like, snowboarding. Uh, yeah, love snowboarding. <laughs> snowboarding, shopping, snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's yeah. Funny bit. <laughs> what can you, how can you distill her down? She likes to snowboard. Yeah. And Shaggy and Scooby love Scooby Snacks. What else is new? Um, then the... Uh, you're not going to believe it. You're just not going to believe it. We cut to the freezer. Mm-hmm. Someone went in, plugged in a space heater. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they could have just... See, now I'm thinking they could have just pushed him out. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> now they're fighting against the freezer with their yeah. little space heater. <laughs> Not even like one of the the big things you put on like a back porch or whatever at like a restaurant. Nope, this is just put under your desk at work, space heater. Um, but it's enough, it's enough. Because then we start to see the f- caveman begin to thaw out. And this is a fun concept where it's like, okay. So we found this caveman because they never correct me if I'm wrong, but at the end of the episode, it's not explained that the culprit stashed the caveman in the snow, right? No, the culprit took the Mm -hmm. actual caveman specimen into his house. Yes. So put a fake caveman specimen into the freezer (laughs) for over a course of a few hours. (laughs) They discovered the caveman. Awesome. Great time to make my move. I'm going to thaw him out, take him, freeze him in my house. Yes, okay. okay. I'm not sure. Okay, this is my contention. I think that he left him in the ice block and moved him. In the middle of the night, I'm going to (laughs) get this caveman and a giant block of ice, (laughs) load him up in the back of my truck, I guess, drive him home. He's going to chill out with me in my walk-in freezer. Then I'm going to... (laughs) Make a, a fake caveman. Just got the stuff lying around the house. We got As it. you do. <laughs> Open the garage. See what we got. Make a fake caveman. Put that guy. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> some merchantman in like a lot of water. <laughs> um, and then wait for that water to freeze. Mm-hmm. Then take that block of ice with a new fake caveman in it. Put that in the back of my truck. Now we're going to drive back to work, open up that walk-in freezer, put that block of ice in, and then (laughs) break out the space heater, (laughs) (laughs) melt down that ice in the middle of the night where no one can see it, wait for it to melt, take the fake caveman out, and wear his skin like a suit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's perfectly rational. I don't uh-huh. 
I don't think there's any uh, jumps in logic. Yeah, I mean, we can't we can't blame him because he it's a spur of the moment decision. He just didn't think it, have time to right. think it through. <laughs> yeah, he was just acting on instinct. <laughs> everyone, everyone occasionally swaps out of caveman for a costume that they've made elaborately in their home. Uh, then wears yep. that costume in order to scare people. <laughs> yep. Um, we get the, the so Shaggy and Scooby wake up. It's the middle of the night. They're hungry. They got the munchies, you know. Come on. They're, <laughs> they're coming down to the kitchen. It's time to get some food. And the caveman's not waiting for them, but Chloe Kim is. She's also hungry in the middle of the night. She's got a also, giant stack of pancakes. She may also have the munchies. <laughs> what can we say? It's an unfortunate stereotype about snowboarders is that they love marijuana. <laughs> it's I sure <laughs> <laughs> the first ever snowboarding event was in the 90s and the guy who won the medal was disqualified because he had marijuana in the system that's true sure <laughs> that, I, that I did look up <laughs> yeah I um, never I'd never thought of that as a as a stereotype but I I guess yeah I'm not saying it's true or not. I have no no, no. no Just comment on, on, on Chloe Kim's particular drug proclivities. She's welcome to do whatever she wants. But I'm just simply expressing a cultural stereotype that I've seen. Um, I've never been snowboarding. Have you? No. <laughs> you know, I'm from I'm from Texas. Uh, not a lot of opportunities to go snowboarding in Texas. Uh, <laughs> even when it snows, uh, most of the places I've lived where, when it snowed have been very flat. So you could get a snowboard, but um, wouldn't go very far. You just need to uh, tie it to a truck. Yep, I mean people do, people do do that. <laughs> I will be honest, people do do yeah. that. I uh, mean, that's that's like uh, land water skiing. Yep, we had a big freeze <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and a, a friend of mine uh, went sledding on the back of a truck with a pizza pan. I he greatly bruised his leg doing that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say I feel like there is a both. I feel like bruises are possible, burns. Mm -hmm. uh, just rashes mm -hmm. <laughs> seems like uh, high risk, low reward. Yeah, but it seems like a good idea in the moment, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Chloe Kim's there. She's hanging out. Shaggy and Scooby are like, "What's up? Let's eat these pancakes." And they eat the pancakes, and they're like, "Well, we're still hungry, so we're going to show you our way of midnight snacking." So they get out all the stuff, you know, they're throwing everything in a pot. It's time to get ice cream for their concoction. So they send Chloe into the, into the uh, freezer to get the ice cream, which she does. And guess what's not there? The caveman. Oh, He's missing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know you were thinking, you were going through it in your head, you're like, Okay, okay. Uh, peas, maybe yeah. the, the steaks, 
Okay, no, that's on the shelf. Oh, the caveman. Caveman's yep. <laughs> Which Shaggy and Scooby kind of have a similar beat. You know, they come in. They don't understand what's wrong because Chloe's kind of freaking out. And we get a great bit where Shaggy says, where's the caveman? Which means I have to ask you, Evie, have you seen Where's the Caveman? The YouTube no. video. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna watch it right now. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go live. Let me pull it up. We're gonna watch it. Where's the caveman? This is an iconic video of early YouTube. Um a video that frankly changed my life, I'll be honest with you. Um and I will pipe the audio in for the lovely people. Just making more editing for me to have to do uh before this goes out. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Am I glad he's frozen in there and that we're out here and that he's the sheriff and that we're frozen out here and that we're in there and I just remembered we're out here. What I want to know is where's the caveman? Sure. There you go. Good. That's where's the caveman. And this is a big video. I mean, look at that. That's 2 million views. This is a re-upload, so this was big. Now the question is, did they they do this on purpose? Did they call back to Where's the Caveman? Because it is obviously a clip from the actual original Caveman episode, so Shaggy does say it in the episode too. But I think so. I think I think I think it's um I think this episode has the vibe of uh, it being written by people who would be like, yeah, we can put in a reference to this like YouTube poop made mm-hmm. from a classic episode that we're already homaging. Exactly. Exactly. I think it has to be a reference. Um, I mean, these pe- the people who write for Guess Who have to be in touch with the internet because they had Liza Koshy on. Who? Liza Koshy. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but that's Liza Koshy. <laughs> Liza Koshy was a Viner. I believe she was she dated David Dobrik for a, a while. And she is in that classic like like mid-2010s YouTube tier of celebrities that that were like, I guess, brand safe enough for people to think would cross over into the mainstream, like how Superwoman got her own talk show on television. Um, That's <laughs> I forgot about that. When that remember when <laughs> La- when Lily Singh, aka YouTuber I I Superwoman I I, uh huh, she did that the cool S thing. That was her whole thing. Uh, she had a um she was the first person to have a late night talk show who was a woman, a person of color and queer. All three of those things. And went it, to was, and it was Lily Singh who had a terrible <laughs> terrible show. Yeah. I mean, all, all for representation, obviously. Um, I think the biggest glass ceiling she broke was untalented YouTube people being on TV. 
the annoying orange had a Cartoon Network show. So great, great point. Great point. <laughs> <laughs> Fred was on iCarly. <laughs> Fred was on iCarly. That's <laughs> and had three motion pictures. <laughs> John Cena was his dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fred. <laughs> I've never get, seen. They should get Fred and Scooby Doo. I think there was a window where Fred mm-hmm. could have been if if in 2011 or 12 they were doing guest episode focused mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo TV show I think he would have been on it they had a guest star of a and we're not talking about Fred Jones people please we're talking about Fred with the backwards <laughs> R imagine him because yes. in that time period it would have been Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated imagine him just, just <laughs> in an episode <laughs> Just trying to figure out what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It would be good. Um, But yes, where's the caveman? That whole experience happens. They do find out that he is right behind them. They chase to the hotel briefly, meet back up with Fred, Daphne, and Velma. We've been woken up. They're all in their pajamas. It's all very cute. They run out, end up in the cold. Caveman's disappeared. He's gone. And they're cold because they're in their pajamas. So now we get some more suspects. All right, let's get it going. We got Ski Instructor. I did. Did he have a doesn't, name? Doesn't get a name. Nope. Okay. He is the Ski Instructor. Uh, he His role is that he is the Ski Instructor. He, he instructs uh, ski. He instructs you how to ski. And then we get two fellas with a name. Um, we get Thad and Chad. Yeah. E, and these fellas are some Chads. They <laughs> are snowboarders to through and through. They call each other bro. Call everybody bro. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, the voice actor for um, all three of these guys, Chad, <laughs> Thad, and the skate structure, is, of course, the great Kevin Michael Richardson, a very famous uh, um, voice actor. He voices, um, you know, he voices uh, Cleveland Brown Jr. <laughs> on the Cleveland show. Sure. <laughs> uh, he voiced Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's done lots of um, Joker stuff. Uh, he's been in plenty of Scooby Doo things. He's just around. We like him. Oh, we, we like he was guy. Goro. Mm-hmm. Nice, cool guy. Cool guy. <laughs> we like we like Michael Richardson. Um, like that he's here. I do think it's funny that he's playing these two really white snowboard guys. <laughs> he's uh, a prominent black voice actor. Um, I just think that's a that's a fun thing for him to do. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, speaking of uh, voice acting, um, it's very strange to hear Frank Welker mm-hmm. doing, you know, the fr- Frank Welker. Uh, Fred Jones voice. Yep. And then Matthew Lillard as Shaggy. 
Mm-hmm. And then Kate Micucci as Velma. <laughs> she's she's back and she's she's here to stay. And she just it's just strange because it's just like well that's it's that's it, it just creates a Kate disconnect. That's yes. just her voice. She's not. Uh, I, look, look. I and nothing against her. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, okay. I've come around. <laughs> Now that I realize that she's just here now, it's fine. She's okay. She's okay. She's not my favorite Velma by a long shot. Um, and I think she's getting better. But certainly in the Be Cool days and maybe a little bit into this show, she just doesn't seem to be doing a performance so much as she's just using her voice, which is fine. Yes, I would, she has I a would fu- agree with that. <laughs> she's a fun, quirky voice. And if that's what Velma's going to sound like now, that's fine. But I just wish that she was, I don't know, given in a little something else. But that's fine. I have nothing against her as a person. I think she's, she yeah. seems to be a great person. I've loved her in many things. Um, very funny comedian. Uh, but yes, it is very weird to have her there and the people that we, we've known as these characters for so long. Yeah. Um, but... Ski Patrollers, Chad and Thad, they are the number one suspects because Velma finds a glove imprint in the ice. And then she she can't see, like it's kind of faded. So then Chloe shows up and Chloe's got an app on her phone that she pulls out. She's like, oh, don't worry, I got an app, which I guess is like a joke or a bit about her being a Gen Z person. I don't know. You, you know, you and me, we love our apps. I love apps. Yes, this is, <laughs> you know, there's an app for that. That mm-hmm. this is a thing that Gen Z people uh, coined we say and that. say. Yeah. We say that all the time. Evie, what's your favorite app? Uh... And I'm not talking about Buffalo Wild Wings over here. Okay, I'm talking about <laughs> a downloadable application for your phone, just to make sure that we're clear. Don't don't say mozzarella yes. sticks, please. I- Okay, because I, I was going to say cheese curds. But... That's a great one. That's maybe a better question. But go off of what is your favorite <laughs> app on your phone? Um, I think by default, it's Discord. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Mine is, I, mine's unfortunately Twitter or uh, Letterboxd. Those are the two that I just close out of and then open the other one and then close out of that and then open the other one again. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I I just don't use the letterbox app. I always am just on the desktop version. Fair enough. Just gotta have every screen open everywhere, you know. And that's the dream. That's the, oh, it's so good. I love I love it so much. Having three <laughs> screens on at once, just blaring at me. Ooh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Underrated. <laughs> Underrated. I'm- Chloe Kim knows what I'm talking about because she's Gen Z. I know she's she's uh, when she's not training, she's you know plopped down. She's got Discord over. She got Twitter on her phone. She's got Scooby doing Guess Who running on the television. <laughs> just <laughs> just watching this episode on repeat. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I nailed that line. Oh, I nailed that one too. <laughs> Someone comes in. She's like, they're like Chloe. Chloe, the results are back. You just got another gold medal. She's like. Okay, but did you hear how I said, what's up, Shaggy? Like, man, I nailed that. That's the best thing I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) I know it. I just, I can see it in my mind's eye. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so Chloe Kim has got an app (laughs) on her phone that she can point at 
this glove imprint. And then her camera can record infrared footage to get the heat map of the hand, which ends up not being used at all. We didn't need that, but it was cool that she could do that. Because then we could then see the actual like glove that left the print and what was written on it was in fact Ski Patrol. Dun, dun, and who do we dun, know who are in Ski Patrol? Chad and Thad. That's right. Thank you very yes. much. Chad <laughs> so now we're going to go to Ski Patrol Lodge to look for them. We find a mysterious corkboard covered in photos from the history of Ski Patrol. Because they've been going back like 50 years. Ski Patrol seems like, like how in the parts of the country where it doesn't snow, people go to summer camp. And you have lifeguards. So I guess the the snow equivalent of a lifeguard is ski patrol. They're out there to make sure you don't fall into the snow and die, which is great. But I don't think I would trust Chad and Dad with my life. Um, <laughs> so we're looking at all these old, old things. Great word choice. Yep. Like newspaper clippings and pictures and stuff like that. And then the caveman shows back up. Yep. It's time. They get on what are they called? Yep. Snow machines? Is that right? Like no. like if you're riding like a jet ski but on the snow. Yeah. Snow machine? No. Snowmobile. That's it. Snowmobile. That's it. <laughs> That's the word. Snow machine. Like, would I knew be it started with snow. A machine that fires fake snow, but a snowmobile. That's what it is. Yes, 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 yes. Very cool. I would love to drive one one day. Seems awesome. Seems really cool. Um, so they get on board those puppies and they have a great uh, chase. Shaggy and Scooby are on a sled that's tied to the back of Chloe Kim's snowmobile. Very funny. Uh, just funny bit, funny gag. They're going all over the ice and snow, and then um, Chloe realizes that the caveman's coming for Fred, Daphne, and Velma, but they're not paying attention, so they're gonna get cavemaned. So she tries to <laughs> get their attention. She's like, "The caveman, the caveman," and Fred's like, "Uh huh, yeah." Yeah, seems like it'd be hard to have a conversation on the back of these two things. So I understand the lack of communication. Um, and then the caveman himself is bearing down on them. We cut to commercial. And that's when we're going to take a quick break to play a quick game, Evie. All right. So it's game time. The game we're going to play first, this is called Scooby. Or not, Scooby. And the way this game works is that each week I collect a series of eight titles, some of which will be episodes of Scooby-Doo, and some of which will be episodes of something else. Now, Evie, I know that you have been looking to get into anime. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's great. What I've done is I went to my computer, I opened Google.com, and I typed anime into search. <laughs> and they came up with different options. You had, you know, One Piece. You had Naruto. You had Cowboy Bebop. And the one that I chose for you was Full 
metal alchemist. I almost said Full Metal Brother, which is not the name of the show. Full Metal Alchemist, not Brotherhood, but the not first brother. one. Okay. The first one. <laughs> okay. So, is it an episode of Scooby-Doo, or is it an episode of Full Metal Alchemist? Um, here we go. All right. The Shrieking Madness. I'm going to say that's Scooby. That is Scooby-Doo. This is from Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. This is the one where they go to Darrow University, where Chargar Gothicon is rampaging about. Great episode. Love that episode. Yeah. How about The Phantom Thief? Hmm. Now, is it Persona 5? <laughs> is that a trick question? <laughs> no, it is not. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Scooby-Doo again. It's a Full Metal Alchemist episode. I've got synopses okay. for you. Neither of us have watched this show, correct? No. So who knows what's going on, but i got the synopses for you. A stage magician's... Nope, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well. (laughs) One of them will be about a stage magician at some point. This one is, while trying to avoid their meeting with Mustang, Ed and Al end up in a small town and become embroiled in a manhunt for a female Robin Hood. Sounds good. Yeah. Female Robin Hood sounds like something you would respond to. Cool character. (laughs) Um, Fright of Hand. Right of hand. Okay. Good pun. I like that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Scooby. This is Scooby Doo. This is be cool, Scooby Doo. A okay. stage magician. Ah. His, his palace is in jeopardy of closing down to a giant monster rabbit. So Fred goes undercover as Freddy or not. Okay. <laughs> Heart of Steel. I'm gonna say... Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna say Full Metal Alchemist. This is a Full Metal Alchemist. You're correct. Um, okay. One of those metals probably is steel. Uh, here's a great synopsis for you. You're gonna... It's gonna make you go wow i love that episode after the explosive finale to lab five ed and al wake up in the hospital once again in pieces winry travels to central to make repairs and is enraged by the brother's refusal to tell her the truth about their lives meanwhile al's recurring questions about his existence come to a boil was there ever an alphonse elric or are his memories and soul alchemically created lies yeah Seems like a a real uh, myth arc driven episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fear of the Fire Beast. Fear of the Fire Beast. Um, I'm gonna say Scooby Doo. This is a Scooby Doo. This is an episode of Be Cool. Or sorry, Scooby Doo and Guess Who? And the plot is. While in Sicily, the gang meets Steve Buscemi, who is being perused by a <laughs> fire beast 
while trying to convince everyone that he's a good guy. <laughs> Steve Buscemi? Steve Buscemi! <laughs> this is... <laughs> Special guest star. It's... And it's... Huh, I... <laughs> Steve Buscemi playing Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As is the conceit of the show. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I'm struggling with, is that <laughs> Steve Buscemi voicing a character, nope. a guest star on a Scooby-Doo episode. I can understand. I, I'd be like, sure. okay, that makes sense. Steve Buscemi, the actor in mm-hmm. an episode of Scooby Doo, is something that is so absurd that I. <laughs> is Scooby Doo is like. Ray Buscemi? <laughs> I'm sure he is. Fred's like, hold the phone! Right, rough you and rough, rough, <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got three more. A rough view and rough of our rocks. You didn't know what it was about. You thought it was dogs. <laughs> <laughs> It's a misleading title. It's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> the red glow. The red glow. Um, I'm gonna say Full Metal Alchemist. This is a Full Metal Alchemist in which Barry sets off explosions that inadvertently free the homunculus Greed and the other prisoners. Shao Tucker returns from the dead in a surprising new form. Uh oh. Oh no. He's back. Gotta watch out for Shao Tucker. Mm-hmm. Night of the Chimera's Cry. I'm gonna say Scooby Doo. This is an episode of Full Metal Alchemist. Um. Now an official state alchemist, Ed takes a closer look at Tucker's Chimera experiments because he realizes something wrong has been going on. Oh, not Shao Tucker. <gasps> I think hmm, I think I know of this episode through cultural osmosis. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. Now well I have to <laughs> guess full metal alchemist, but uh, you... Yeah, sure. <laughs> Last one, here we go. Uh Falling Star Man. Falling. Okay, so is there a dash or a space between star and man? It's a space. Or falling com- star okay. man. I don't know what relevance that had. I just wanted to see <laughs> That's going to unlock it for you. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Scooby-Doo. This is Scooby-Doo and guess who? Once again, the mystery machine is almost struck by an object falling from the sky. It appears that an alien spaceship has crashed in Terry Bradshaw's Louisiana <laughs> Ranch. The gang team up with Terry to get to the bottom of the mystery of the alien who is now attacking them all, but should ter- Terry rely on ju- Shaggy's judgment so much? <laughs> this is... Terry Again. Bradshaw. This is former... Former Steelers quarterback Terry Batcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. <laughs> Playing himself. Yep. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
No analysts. The only Scooby Doo and Guess Who, the only show <laughs> with Chloe Kim, Tara Lipnicki. Lipinski, you're thinking Lipinski. of Jonathan John- Lipnicki. John- yep. uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Terry Bradshaw and Steve Buscemi. It's the only place where you can watch all of them in one spot. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For good or ill. Yep. Well, that was Scooby or not Scooby. Great job, EB. You only missed one. So terrific little wow. track record there. Um, now it's time to go back to Scooby Doo and Guess Who? Season 2, Episode 9, The Caveman on the Half Pipe with an exclamation point. We get a fun bit here where Chloe uh, gets to join in on the sort of classic Scooby Doo trope of dressing up to distract the monster. She's giving a snowboarding lesson to the gang and to the caveman, which is fun. Um, caveman keeps getting snow in his eyes, the big old galoot. You know, Shaggy's like, you should wear goggles. You should wear a helmet. You should stay away from me because I'm going to leave you now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, they skateboard. They're not skateboard, please. I'm, I'm so sorry. Snowboard. Snowboard. They snowboard away, end up landing in a a snowbank, um, in which Scooby's bottom uh, lands on a very important clue. It is in fact a bag full of mail, letters in the snow. And Velma, of course, is like, of course. Right where I knew it would be. Thanks, Scooby. Yep. It's they seemed very like, oh, of course his bag's here. Like it seemed mm-hmm. like they were very much like why is there a bag of mail? Like there was less confusion and more like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, and Scooby says has a line where he's like, My is good at finding clues. And then there's a like a yep. like a jazz music sting, and I'm like, what? I've noticed that too, and I was very—I didn't know what what they were trying to get across. With that. Yeah, it's like what's what's going on here? What are you saying? What what are the clues that that Heine been finding? <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So then uh, Velma explains the story of boxing Billy Bluebird, who's not a, who's not a person. Was, yeah, who's Billy not a boxer, person. which was what I initially thought was like, oh, so like a boxer's plane crashed and he had a bunch of money with him or something. <laughs> but no. Yeah, that might make sense. But no, it is in fact just the name of a, a famous male plane. Okay, sure. Um, which... Uh, as we all know, crashed in the year 1948 in the mountains. It supposedly had millions of dollars worth of bail bonds stashed on board the plane that were never recovered. Time to break out the caveman suit. Makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, so they decide that they have to set up the caveman um, to get the money back. Um, so they go to this very dangerous slope uh, called Avalanche Alley, which um, Chloe Kim tries to 
advise them not to ski down, but they don't listen. And yep. then um, they go skiing, and Shaggy just skis directly into the plane, the box and Billy Blooper. Yep. It seems it seems very uh, very much like Kismet. Mm-hmm. They found it very easy. A whole from the introducing the plane to them finding it is like less than 30 seconds which is yes <laughs> great stuff <laughs> um they go inside they find the stash of bail bonds inside the plane great we'd love to see that um and then uh guess who else is there caveman Caveman, you're right. Yep. Yes, you, got it. You were going to say <laughs> Jack and Thad, but they are That's not That's what there. I was thinking. No. It's the caveman. Or hotel owner without a name. <laughs> but it is, in fact, the caveman. Uh, he's there. He's got his big old club. He starts banging it around, knocking over the uh, mail and stuff, and hitting the metal body of the plane, which, of course, causes it to reverberate. And they're in this little place called Avalanche Alley. Which is named that for a reason, because then there's an avalanche coming. Uh, uh, see, I thought Avalanche Alley was the name of a different boxer. Right. And <laughs> that went down. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yes, the plane. The the avalanche happens. The plane gets swept up in the snow, and now they're just rushing down the the mountain. On the on, inside the plane, Shaggy and Scooby are on top of the plane um, with the caveman, who's just again just swinging that club, bang, bang, bang. He, in fact, breaks off the tail of the plane from the fuselage. So now that is completely separate, um, and they're hanging on for dear life. The caveman's still just banging that thing trying to essentially kill Shaggy and Scooby, which is bad news. You know, yeah. Seems that, like that's not cool. Uh, not well thought out. You know, it is, as we've established, for the moment. Right. Really flying by the seat of the pants. I think it's been like 12 hours since they found the caveman. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the boys are stuck on the wing. The rest of the gang are inside the plane. Uh, Fred's at the controls, like a hero, of course. Of course. He vaguely knows how to fly a plane. So he is, you know, jiggling the, the controls back and forth, uh, uh, you know, applying for pitch and yaw, which is not helpful because they're going downhill going, very quickly. Yes. Um, not in the air at all. And he there's keeps no to get, uh, yeah. wings uh, mm. to adjust. Yeah, he keeps trying to get lift which is just like that's not gonna work fred that's just not gonna happen um meanwhile shaggy and scooby are going wild on the back of the plane so chloe kim she's gonna step in and save the day a real hero she gets yes. some rope ties the rope around her waist lasso lassos the rope to the tail of the plane uh that knocks shaggy and scooby free so now they're in the regular plane, rather on the top of it. Um, and then she gets on her little snowboard, snowboards out of the, out of the moving plane. Mm-hmm. Now she's on, on the slopes 
and she's corralling the. She's been all around the slope. She's not not her first yeah. day. She knows the snow. Yeah, she's she's shooting to hop out there and be like, "Is that um, powdered sugar?" That's powdered snow. So she is uh, snowboarding <laughs> with the caveman in tow. Real hero moment for her. Very cool. Uh, meanwhile, Fred is desperately trying to stop the plane. He, uh, he does manage to stop it. Probably not at all of anything that he did, but just of momentum building up and then you know ceasing. They stop mere inches from the ski lodge, which I think it would have been a cool image if they just crashed right into that baby. Just That's what I was expecting. That's what I thought too, but nope. They shorted us. Which is fine. And the, the plane came short. You're right. <laughs> You're very right. Um, so then uh, Chloe brings the caveman Still on the on the wing of the plane on the rope into the snowboard half pipe. She does some cool tricks. You know, she does like uh, or some snowboard tricks like a three eighty and a jumpy magoo, ten eighty, mortally mortally gig pop tart, pop tart. I think that's something. sure. What's the um? There's a Disney Channel movie about snowboarding. Cloud nine. Cloud nine. Cloud Nine, which is about her doing a nine hundred. There you go. Can Chloe Kim do a nine hundred? Probably. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, remember, I still haven't actually seen a video of her <laughs> skiing. I don't even know what she looks like in the flesh. Just, Just know a cartoon. Yeah, right. My bad. Snowboarding. <laughs> I don't even know what her, her face looks like if it's not drawn as a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. Not to, not to, uh, you know, kind of spoil it, but she is pretty good. <laughs> Does she like camouflage? Because her outfit in this is very camouflage, which I thought was weird. Um, not that I've okay noticed. <laughs> Usually, I mean, she's wearing, you know, kind of uh, an Olympics. Right. He's got, you know, her name and then the Olympics Probably logo. Some sort of. Stars and stripes. Right, red, white, sort of blue colors, usually. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Which can I also say, based on speaking of uniforms and outfits. Sure. The Mystery Inc. have winter variants of their costumes. They've had it all the way back since Scooby Doo, Where Are You? which they have worn in every iteration of the show. They're not wearing it here. Velma's out there skiing. She's wearing her mini skirt still. I'm like, what is going on here? We have rules in place for a reason where Stephanie's furry woolen hat (laughs) if the if the animators in 1969 who were animating on a ham sandwich with 20 bucks as the budget (laughs) if they could figure out how to change their outfits then you can too okay i know you're you got some sort of a computer you just press control delete you know replace whatever however animation works nowadays i don't know but Come on, get some consistency. They've been doing it forever. You can do it too. Yes. Scooby doing guess who? Thank you very much. I am much. now just thinking about animating on a ham sandwich. Do mm-hmm. the first frame on the bun, second yep. frame lettuce, third yeah. frame on the, the slice of ham. Next yeah. on the other part of the. <laughs> That's why yeah. Subway calls them sandwich artists. 
Yes, and then you hold the sandwich, and then you do like a flip, like yep. <laughs> like a flip book, yep. <laughs> but it's your ham sandwich. It's like when, um, when like, do you have Dairy Queen where you live? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> See now they turn the the blizzard upside down, right, to right. show you that it's good. When you go to Subway, they flip through they the sandwich to sandwich show you. And you uh, see Scooby yeah. wave. Exactly. <laughs> then you know, okay, this is safe to eat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the pencil lead drawn onto the... <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yes, they, uh, they... They She's on the half pipe. She she does some cool tricks. Shag and Scooby give her a 10 out of 10, which is good because she's a great snowboarder. Um, and then they have captured the caveman now. Unmasking time. It's the ski instructor. I thought it was... I Part of me did think it might be Chad and Thad stacked on top of each other. That would be good. That'd be good. He's yeah, a, that's he's a always big classic. guy. Yeah. It's a big gay man. Um, but no, it is the ski instructor. No name. He has a uh, I mean, first name ski, last name instructor. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. That's what it says on his degree. <laughs> his degree from <laughs> ski school. <laughs> where you get your uh, ski school, where you get your, your degree in that gnarly gnar. Bro, hmm. that's snowboarding slang. Nar, according to your word for it. probably some movie I saw that was made in like 2002. <laughs> was uh, it? I've retained it. <laughs> uh, was it MXP? Was no, no, but that is probably good. They could make a version of that that's just a caveman instead of a, <laughs> a chimpanzee, and it'd be a, M- basically MX- the same thing. MXC, most extreme caveman. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, "That's nothing. That's that's like, I understand. Like MVP, most vertical primate, makes sense. Then you did um, MX. What? What is it? <laughs> so the first one's MVP, most valuable primate. No, that one's that one's that's hockey. Not right. That's what? <laughs> yeah, there's a hockey one. <laughs> the, hockey, the hockey one's the first one. I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> that, okay. That's that's how they set it up. It most like, valuable one. primate. Okay, got yes. it. Yes, and then the second one is most vertical primate. Mm-hmm. That's the one I haven't seen. Skateboarding. Which I yeah, it's skateboarding. And then third one, MXP. Um, okay, but that's just, that's primate. not a pun of anything. <laughs> no, I, guess, that's I mean a it's pun almost the first two movies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's almost MXPX. The '90s uh, Christian pop punk band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could have added another X, I guess. <laughs> Most extreme primate X. Nothing. You can't do anything with it. Most extreme primate, but primate spelled with an X. Yeah, because it's gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's P R I M A T X. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ski instructor. Uh, he uh, Velma says that she found out because the glove was old, and she found some old picture amongst all of the 
clippings that was probably him when he was younger. <laughs> and she's like, that's how I knew exactly who it would be. Um, sometimes I wonder if she just makes all this up as soon as she finds out who it is. Because it's not like she gives the ex- explanation before they unmask him. Yeah. Um, I think that she she's like, she has like, here's the evidence that could point to all these different people. I'll pick which one I say when we figure out who it actually is. Right. That's Cause it's like, it's never like they find, you know, uh, their DNA. They're never <laughs> testing DNA. They are not. No, they um, don't have a fingerprint database. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yet, I mean, Chloe Kim's probably got an app for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, his, he, you know, I mean, as Daphne says, the why is obvious. He wanted the bear bond. He wanted all that money. This is a perfect opportunity to use the caveman fit that he has in this closet. Yeah. Um, and it is not at all. <laughs> he did not uh, create his own downfall uh, nope. by dressing as the caveman, wherein if he had never dressed as the caveman, no one else would have been able to find mm-hmm. the plane and he would have been able to take it all for himself uh, yep. without interference. Makes perfect sense. Come on. No, I mean, it was all spur of the moment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It didn't work out for him. He got caught. It's unfortunate. Yeah. The gang hits the slopes again. We get all the, you know, jinkies, jeepers, hold the phone, all that again. And then Shaggy causes another avalanche. And what does he find? But a woolly mammoth. Holy mammoth. Like woolly dooby-doo. We're out of there, baby. That's the end of the episode. Which yeah. I would just—I would love to see an episode where there's a mammoth as the bad guy. Yeah, just a big mammoth running around. You know? Do you? They, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of like a smaller scale version of uh, the Loch Ness monster. Hmm. Hmm. Like, what if the Loch Ness monster was Bigfoot? That would be a woolly mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to semantically track that sentence, and it works out, but. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Just something to think about. Yeah. Something to mull over. <laughs> so that's Caveman on the Half Pipe. I'll be honest, I don't have a lot to, to say about it because it, it was no. it's just like an episode of Scooby Doo. Not, nothing yeah. that crazy. Chloe Kim seems like a fun person. Um, uh, good for her. Uh, we will yeah. rank this episode on our heavy metal tier list here in a second. But first, it's time. Or jinkies or stinkies. Imagine I did a drum roll. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to edit one in, so you're just going to have to. <laughs> uh, as always, this is the part of the show each week where I play a little game with my guest. I find a series of six stories or facts relating to a topic within the episode. Some of those stories will be true which are jinkies, and some of them will be fake, which are stinkies. Now, the topic at play here is, of course, the Winter Olympics, because this is our Winter Olympics special. That's going to come out like two days before the Olympics are done. But it's coming out in time. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and play this game really quick. Um, Winter Olympics. 
Winter Olympics. Australia does not have a great track record with the Winter Olympics. They didn't get their first gold medal until the 2002 Games, but even that was almost by accident. Speed skater Stephen Bradbury devised a strategy of staying back in the pack and hoping that the skaters in front of him tripped, almost like waiting for the blue shell in Mario Kart. He made it through to the semifinals because someone ahead of him was disqualified, and then a minor crash proved a strategy viable enough to push him through through the semifinals to the big show. Finally, the finals saw Bradbury well behind pace of the four competitors in front of them, who were led by favorite Apollo Ono. But around the last bend, they all crashed, leaving Bradbury space to take the gold. To this day, Australians refer to falling ass backwards into success as pulling a Bradbury. Is that a jinky or stinky? Hmm. Now, I did not uh, watch the 2002 uh, Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was at the time, too, mm-hmm. uh, years old. Uh, so <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't remember it. And I've never heard about it, but I'm also not Australian. That's true. So I feel like Americans wouldn't really talk about it. So uh, I think I think that happened. I think that is a, a, a jinky. You are correct. This is a jinky. It did happen. Good right. job. You're at 100% so far. Nice. The Olympic downhill is one of the most dangerous sports in the world. If one thing is out of alignment, skiers could completely wipe out and risk serious injury. At the 1998 Winter Olympics in Nagano, Japan, Austrian alpinist Hermann Meyer failed to slow his speed when approaching the seventh gate on the decline and flew off the course at 70 miles per hour, tumbling through the snow 50 meters away. In a sport that is frequent with accidents and could possibly even cause death, people were fearing the worst, but miraculously, he was fine. He stood up and gestured to the crowd, having only some bruises on his knee and shoulder. There was a weather delay that gave him 24 hours before his next event, the Super G, in which he took home the gold. Is that a jinky or a stinky? All right. I'm sure to think this one out. Now, Austrians. A lot of skiers mm-hmm. in Austria. Mm-hmm. Those are both actual events at the Olympics. <laughs> so I, if, if I did make it, then I at least did my bare minimum of research. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is a conceivable speed based on, you know, me having watched <laughs> the event mm-hmm. a few days ago. I'm gonna say stinky. You're gonna say which one? That's a stinky. That is a true story. Oh. It did happen. He, he's totally fine, and then he, he, he won the gold the next day, and then actually won the gold in another event two weeks later. So. Nice. Incredible athlete, that man. At the 2018 Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, the Korean Olympic Committee showed off their impressive cadre of robots throughout the Olympic Village. 
Some were working as servers, interpreters, and mascots. Not to be outdone, Beijing has had more than 500 robots working at different positions at the Games, and initially planned to have the first all-robots Olympic Games operating alongside the human competitors. Teams of robots would compete in downhill skiing, slalom, speed skating, and snowboarding. This idea was scrapped, however, at the test run. The test was on the simplest of the events, the downhill race. All they had to do was go from one place to the bottom at the bottom of the course. It was performed in February 2021, during which Beijing saw record low temperatures. It was so cold that the robot machinery just couldn't work quite right, and each one of the six five-foot-tall humanoid robots crashed before making it halfway down the slope. The whole plan was abandoned to save future embarrassment, but they couldn't save the estimated $4 million it would cost to produce all of the bots for the Robot Olympics. I... I really want this to be true. <laughs> and I wish that there was uh, like test footage that they were doing <laughs> so I could watch it happen. I don't think it did happen, but I'm going to say it's a jinkies. Because this I... is a stinky. It didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, it'll happen someday. It will, for sure. Okay, here we go. Uh, you're halfway through. You've gotten one correct so far. The host cities for the Winter Olympics are chosen years in advance, according to many factors. Weather patterns, infrastructure, and in some cases, bribes. There's only really one requirement, but even that is flimsy. Ideally, there has to be snow. So what do you do if the warmest winter on record is rapidly approaching? The 1980 Winter Olympics were held in Lake Placid, New York, and around early 1979, meteorologists began to doubt whether or not there would be significant amounts of snow in time for the Olympics. So how do you make fake snow? One word. Cheese. The most convincing to the camera and closest approximation of real snow at the time was made from cheese. They turned to the dairy farmers of the United States to produce 5,000 tons of cheese that could be used on the slopes. This led to a dairy shortage in the United States, only to find out that, for the first time ever, the meteorologists were wrong. The 1980 Winter Olympics were actually postponed a week due to a terrible winter storm that left behind beautiful, fluffy, white snow. Is this a jinky or a stinky? Okay. Sounds like something that could happen. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what happened to the cheese? All I have to give you is the information I've read to you. Okay, I'm gonna say this is a jinkies. This is a stinky as well. This one's also fake. Uh, I made it up. Um, it's not real. Not it. real. The uh, the Beijing Olympics happening right now is actually the first Olympic Games to use entirely fake snow. Huh? Little fun fact for you. I didn't know that. Yep. All right, two more. Um, here we go. You can still get to 50-50 if you get yeah. these next two right. Okay, I'll try. A regular cause for uproar in modern times is the disqualification of Olympians. Doping is one thing, but if an athlete is found with marijuana in their system, it results in a near-instant ban from that year's games. But sometimes disqualifications can get even more ridiculous. 
At the fourth Winter Olympics in Garmisch, Germany, a Swiss skier named Daniel Mueller was rejected entry because there was already a Daniel Mueller in his event competing for Germany. But that wasn't even the pettiest reason someone was disqualified. At the very first Winter Olympics held in Chamonix, France, the head of the French Olympic Committee did not allow his own brother-in-law to complete to compete purely because he didn't like him. Is that a jinky or stinky? I huh. I'm not sure. That all sounds ah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say jinky. It's a stinky. I made this one. Ah, uh. <laughs> you're too good at this. <laughs> one last one. Here we go. The 1956 Winter Olympics in Cortina di Ampezzo, I believe that is in Italy, were the first in which the Soviet Union participated. Nikita Khrushchev wanted to use world sports as a tool to communicate the strength of a communist society. But if good old Dwight D. Eisenhower didn't say in the matter, this would not be happening. He had the American Olympic team threaten to pull out if the Soviets were allowed to compete. When the Olympics refused to budge, it was pointed out that if the Americans beat the Russians, it'd be considered a dramatic victory over communism. So convinced of American superiority, they marketed the games with a series of print ads that had the American bobsled team running over a bear, symbolizing Russia. There's a slogan at the bottom which read, Capitalism is freedom. Capitalism is victory. Capitalism is America. Male figure skater Ronald Robertson was interviewed saying, The world will see in January that communism creates weak, girlish men. What in fact happened was that the Soviet Union team destroyed all competition, winning eight more medals and even second place. America finished seventh. This is entirely another very plausible situation. Lines up with the uh, motivation of both Fight the Eisenhower and Khrushchev. I'm gonna say it's a jinky. This one is a stinky. Um, I made up all of the propaganda stuff. Um, it was very convincing. <laughs> however, it is true that the Soviet Union did beat everyone else by a lot. Um, but. Of course, then later on, America proved its might in the miracle on ice, as we all know. Because we, <laughs> and we are still focused on the fact we beat them one time in hockey. <laughs> 24 years later, that's the perfect time to make that movie. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Cold War ended? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that was Jinkies or Stinkies, Evie. You did Okay. And that's all right. I think if we add up my score mm-hmm. between the two games, sure, then I, I it looks better. Yeah, then you would <laughs> then you would medal for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. All that's left is to rank this on our heavy metal tier list, which we will do now. I'll explain the tiers to you one more time. Uh, starting from the bottom is the rut row tier. That's the absolute worst. The worst. The bottom of the barrel. Then up from that is the Scooby Dumb tier. That's the tier of episodes we think are dumb, but, you know, not terrible. Um, And then in the middle is the Just Another Mystery tier. That's for 
episodes that are middle of the road, you know, aren't bad, but don't do anything different or special. Then we have the groovy tiers for episodes that we like a lot, but just don't do enough to make it into the absolute cream of the crop, the best of the best, the golden scoob tier. Evie, what are we thinking for a caveman on the half pipe with an exclamation point? Um, I think this is pretty solidly just another mystery. Yeah, it's right there in the middle of the road. Like, yeah, it was. It, I didn't dislike watching it. I was like, oh, yeah. it's Scooby Doo. I had a pleasant time watching it because mm-hmm. it's you know it's fun. It's a fun Scooby Doo episode. Yep, yep. It, it introduced is, uh, me to Chloe Kim. Yes. Um, you know, I'm the equivalent of I guess a child watching the show. Like, wow, look at yep. who, who's that? <laughs> you know, like. Like, uh, she seems cool. Good for her. Um, enjoyed the episode. But yeah, it's not that special, but that's okay. That's okay. Because yeah. you know who is special, Evie? You are. What? You're a very special guest to this show. I'm very glad that you were so kind to agree to do this at the last minute so that I could put <laughs> it out before the Olympics are done i i appreciate it a lot i should have planned ahead <laughs> but, <laughs> as it were thank you and um i hope well, you come back on again sometime yeah i had a great time do you have anything that you want to plug for the people um i mean i have a twitter uh left ev l-e-f-t ev e-v-i-e um where it's mostly uh mostly just me uh i don't know Messing around, shit posting. I think is a term. I don't. I've never Fair liked enough. the term, but it exists. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay. Follow Evie there without question. Um, if you want to follow me, you can do so at the Real Brendine on Twitter. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod on Twitter. Um, if you like this show, tell a friend. Each week, we can go all the way back to. Um, all the way back to the beginning, which is what we're doing next week. Next week, we're doing a Scooby-Doo Where Are You episode, or it could be from anywhere at any point. You know, It could be Pup Named Scooby-Doo. It could be What's New Scooby-Doo, anything. The guest changes each week, but I'm always here. Um, but we will get Evie back at some point in the future that question. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, good luck to all of the Olympians. Um, Obviously, not all of them can win, but, uh, you know, I hope that they at least get to feel like they're dedicating large parts of their life to this is worth it, because it is very impressive what they do, and it is much more impressive than anything I've ever done with my life. (laughs) Um, So, uh, and as always to all you meddling kids out there, please remember... To stay groovy. Ooh, Scooby-Doo. I gotta have some time to make my mind up. Love you, Scooby-Doo. Gotta be sure I like what I can see. <laughs> <laughs>